When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, not an update on what I was streaming overnight, but we did get some cricket action. So Paul and I are here to wrap up a session's cricket. Paul, good morning. Uh, Not a lot of action, but still quite a bit to talk about. Yeah, and a lot more than I had expected. Um, If you listened to yesterday's show, I was pretty confident that that, um, day four would be a complete washout and I don't want to. I don't want this show to become about weather apps only. But I tell you what, um, <laughs> I'm I'm pretty disappointed with every weather app. And to, a little bit of the backstory: the only weather app that gave a chance of play today was AccuWeather. You rewind five years ago, AccuWeather and I were as tight as could be. I loved AccuWeather. I was an evangelist for them. And there'd been many instances where AccuWeather had been the only app that gave a chance of play. I had backed it and had been proven correct. And then the relationship soured. It just seems like AccuWeather's default is to always assume that there's not going to be any rain. And sometimes it's right, but then more, you know, too many times I was the one saying, oh, no, it's actually not going to rain. And then there'd be torrential rain. And so I, I gave up on it. And then so to see this situation yesterday where once again it was proven to be right. Um, yeah, it's um, suffice it to say that in, uh, in the group chat I got with a few friends, we've been talking about nothing but um, – prospects of draws um, for the entire week. And a friend has actually said, I'm just generally destroyed by too much pressure on weather forecasting and supervising play. I don't know if I have, if I have anything left in the tank for the Oval. And that's <laughs> kind of how I feel as well. So these back-to-back test matches, they, you know, they impact everybody. What is AccuWeather saying about day five then, I think is the pertinent question. Excellent question. Uh, it's very similar to day four. Everything is saying no chance. So BBC says, nah, we're not getting on. AccuWeather, if you take it literally, um, and and this is going to take it far too literally, there'll be two hours and 40 minutes of uh, of non-rain during the hours of play. Now, that's a ridiculous thing to say, given how wildly impossible it is to forecast that. And also, you've got to take into account the whole prospect of bad light. But I think if, if you take AccuWeather at its word, we could see, you know, couple of hours maybe maximum of play uh especially kind of uh in the hour before lunch and maybe the hour before tea that's when they kind of are most bullish about it but uh, as i said every other app still is saying nothing for tomorrow good news then for aussie fans well you are listening to the cricket unfiltered podcast i'm menners this is our wrap of day four from old trafford imminently the ashes could be decided on day four, the players did get on at 2.45 local time and they played till about five past five local time. In that time, Australia went from four for 113 to five for 214. Manus Labashain brought up his 11th test century and only his second test century overseas. It came off of 161 balls, but he was out just before uh, tea and ended up being the, the end, eventual end of play. Just out, caught behind off route. Um, so England got a, a much needed wicket. But but Paul, I guess 
you know, I sort of look at that uh, little period and I was very nervous as an Australian fan. I thought it was a brilliant opportunity for England to winkle out two or three wickets. But in the end, Australia did pretty well. Yeah, definitely. And it's one of those innings that I, I, I really like Labashain's reaction to it, how he's saying he doesn't know how he feels about it. Kind of ask me tomorrow and I'll tell you, because uh, if Australia go on to draw this game, then that will be one of the, the hundreds he is justifiably most proud of in his career. If Australia go on to lose the game, then he'll naturally feel so disappointed that he got out um, so close to uh, to the to play being called off. But either way, it was a, a fine innings from a player who's been, I wouldn't say out of form, but hasn't been the dominant player that, that he has been. His away record isn't as good as his home record. So a really timely century, really impressive innings. And, um, and at the other end, Mitchell Marsh, yet again, um, has returned to the side and is making a contribution. And he looks... Um, so at home at Test Cricket, it's remarkable, you know, that he hasn't had more success prior to this. I mean, his record has always been modest at Test level. I've been one of his many detractors, but I've completely come 180 and I'm I'm, I'm loving him being in the side. Yeah, definitely. He's 31 not out of 107 deliveries. Marnus Labuschagne was dismissed for 111 of 173 balls. Those two put on a 103-run partnership and a vital one at that and I guess what was pleasing for me in that and passage of play in that two and a half hours, it, Australia didn't score quickly, but they kept the scoreboard ticking over and Marnus Labuschagne was probably the most aggressive of the two. And, you know, Australia's chipped away at that lead, which, you know, is a factor with, with time. You know, if Australia, if there's only a bit of play on day five, if Australia can get in front, then it'll just take time out of the game. Absolutely. And you're right that in other circumstances, like this, the the batting side could have gone completely into their shell and scored almost no no runs, and then this wouldn't be a factor. And huh, I can see I'm not predicting this, but the way that this series has gone in terms of the the controversial moments, uh, imagine this: imagine that Australia do get to a lead of about sixty odd, England come out, um, the rain's not far away. There's a feeling of you know maybe eight or nine or ten overs, and it's going to be tremendously exciting. The crowd is up for it. It's it's all action. And Cummins throws the ball to Stark and the umpire says, oh, no, no, um, he's a bit too quick. You'll have to open up with the spinner, to which Cummins will say, well, no, I'm going to open with Mitchell Stark, to which case the umpire will say, okay, we're going off a bad light. And that could be the Ashes. Uh, that would be, you'd probably enjoy that, minute. That, that mm. would be a very, very um, uh, disappointing, yet kind of amusing way for the Ashes to end. I'd be happy with that. I think in 2005, didn't the umpire just walk out and basically take the bales off and that signalled England getting the ashes back? They did, although I think Australia needed about 280 or something rather than 50-odd. Yeah. Um, yeah, speaking about the spinners, so that was one thing that hampered England in that period up to T. It got quite dark and you had um, Root and Moe and Ali bowling from each end because – England couldn't bring their quicks on. And and that's when Minus Labuschagne was quite aggressive. But it did end up getting the wicket, you know. It was a, I wouldn't say a loose shot from Minus, but, you know, sort of cutting at a length ball, getting a feather to Bairstow, who, to his credit, took a good catch. Yeah, a frustrating dismissal. Definitely. And frustrating as well because the English got the ball changed and I think Anderson got to bowl maybe one over with the replacement ball and it, it did swing. And then it was at that point that then they were told that you can't bowl with the, the quicks anymore. So 
it would have been very frustrating for Ben Stokes to have to revert to the spinners, but they bowled well. I mean, um, well, Root bowled well. Um, he, he bowled uh, a couple of balls that could have taken wickets and uh, he looked really good. So, um, yes, it, obviously if, if play does go on day five and they can, they'll, they'll, they'll stick to the quicks. Uh, but um, if they do have to revert back to the spinners, then then Root could do a job for them. Yeah, there was a little bit of um, an incident between, I think, Ben Stokes and Marnus Labuschagne. Marnus spoke about this after playing the press conference that he asked the umpires to have a look at the new ball when it was changed, and he wanted to do that because he said he would be able to see if the ball was going to swing or not just by looking at it, whereas Ben Stokes was unhappy that the umpires showed Marnus the new ball, and I'm not sure why Stokes was upset because I think the regulations are you are supposed to show the batting side. Um, so just a, just an interesting little byplay there. Yeah, I don't think Manus did anything wrong. It makes complete sense to to want to look at it, and I'm sure if the if the situation had been reversed, um, it probably would have been a total reversal. But um, you know, maybe the Aussies. Well, actually, th- these modern Aussies might not be so grumpy. I could have seen ten years ago David Warner um, emphatically not allowing someone to look at the ball. These days, I think they're a little bit more relaxed about those sorts of things. So not not a major issue, but um, for me. The major issue is, as a cricket fan, that it it does seem as though Test cricket, a format under under, under difficulty, is on the precipice of missing out on a two-all cliffhanger that would get more attention than any Test match in a long time, because they haven't been kind of a uh, done enough to deal with difficult weather situations. And I I really think, having looked at it, if on day one you lose two hours of play. Um, from then on, every day of the test match, you'll play an extra half hour to make it up. In this instance here, right from the start, it was clear that there was going to be plenty of rain on days four and five, yet days one, two and three were quite fine. There should be provision in the rules for them to say, using <laughs> whatever weather app they want, but having some sort of um, sort of objective set of criteria to be able to say, right, we are going to um, click the switch and there's going to be an extra half hour of play on days one, two, and three, or whatever the case may be, uh, in order to um, get in some extra time before the rain occurs. And then if by some miracle the rain doesn't come, well, you can always finish an hour and a half early on day five or something like that. I, I think it's time to start to, to do that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm not sure I agree. I mean, it's a revolutionary um, it's a revolutionary idea. and the, the problem is that the, the weather is just so unpredictable. I just think you can't. You're never going to get a satisfactory solution, and um, yeah. Well, I don't uh, think th- I think this is not a satisfactory solution. That no, um, but roofs, you know, a roof stadium is probably the way to go. Like that's the future. Um, have some stadiums where you can close the roof and keep playing. Oh, absolutely! I've always said that that there should be a levy on every country in the world of what two percent extra tax, like the Medicare levy in Australia. Yeah, instantly yeah. put a, a roof on every. I mean, some of the cricket grounds in England would be quite challenging to get a roof on with some of the different stands. Um, but I'm sure you could do it. Um, but no, my point around that is that you don't have to get it right because if you play the extra um, half hour and then it turns out, oh, actually, it hasn't rained. We just call it off half an hour early on the final day. Like it's, I'm not talking about playing an extra five hours. And I'd also point out that it wasn't that long ago when they didn't do anything. When I was a kid, they wouldn't play an extra minute. They'd even still take lunch at eleven, at one o'clock, no matter what. It could rain between eleven and one, and be fine at one, and then they'd go off for forty minutes of a lunch break. They were able to sort of break down that, and I, I just think that they need to break down things now. And the pink ball, um, you know, the, the, the notion that. 
we are going to have situations where players walk off with floodlights on, even though there's a ball that's ready-made to be um, to be used. And people say, oh, it changes the character of the game too much. There are a billion ways that the, the, the game's character gets changed. You, you know, you bat under um, leaded skies, you bat with a, a ball that doesn't swing so much. There's um, so many different things. For a format that is really struggling, it'll be a great pity, as a neutral observer would say, that if, if, if this game is ruined by rain and otherwise it could have gone to a great decider at the Oval, I, I, I think that they should be doing more to, to try to preserve the future of Test Cricket's relevancy. Yeah, I mean, I don't like those ideas, but I also think this series still will, will could be a great one, even if this match is uh, ended up spoiled by rain. I still think if if we go to the Oval and England can be going for a, a two-all series draw, I still think it'll be a phenomenal series. I don't think it's all all on all on the weather here. I mean, we've seen some great test matches. You know, when you play test series in England, you always expect weather to be around at some stage, and um, we've got it. I think you're right. If, the, if, it, if it is a drawn series, a drawn match here, the oval test match won't be a classic dead rubber. There'll still be plenty to play for. But I do think that talk of this series eclipsing 2005 will vanish as soon as this is a draw. Uh, that the a percentage of the casual fans will disappear. It won't be on the back pages as much of the newspapers in, in England because, you know, the average person will say, well, England can't win the Ashes, therefore mm. I've lost a bit of interest. Sure. Uh, the difference between Australia winning the series 3-1 or uh, England drawing the series 2-all in, um, you know, in that final test match is massive as far as these teams are going to be concerned. For the Aussies, if they can get away with winning 3-1, then everything is rosy and, the, you know, the, all the questions around Cummins' captaincy and everything else will will look a lot less serious. Whereas mm. if they finish up with a two-all draw and let's say they get pumped at the Oval, then uh, it'll be like, well, it, we, we left it on the table just as we did in 2019 and all those questions will will resurface massively. The inverse of it is true for England. So, yeah, there's still plenty of, plenty to play for, but it just won't be quite the classic it could have been. Yes. Um, <clears throat> could have actually been a better session for England in that passage of play. Mitch Marsh, just after uh, Marnus Labuschagne was out, was dropped by Harry Brook on 31, a, a really tough chance at short leg, just a, an inside edge uh, off route, I think. And, um, yeah, so, you know, that could have been disaster for Australia. But Green and Marsh have the job now of if Australia gets out there blunting the bowling. I'm pretty confident. I think the pitch looked pretty good. I actually think the moisture in the air has probably kept it from going a bit more, uh, deteriorating a bit more. So I actually have a lot of confidence that the Australians, if they get out there for a couple of hours, can spend enough time um, occupying the crease to deny England's victory. And, you know, Michael Vaughan speaking on the BBC made a good point that, you know, England can feel a little aggrieved, but right throughout this test series, he made the the point that Australia have had by far the worst of the conditions. When they've been batting, it's been cloudy, and when they've gone to bowl, it's been sunny. So, you know, Australia have managed to get ahead 2-1 in the series despite having the worst of the conditions so far. And, you know, if England get a, a bit of bad luck here, you know, they've probably only got themselves to blame. Australia's also lost all four tosses. Um, yeah, I think that England, it's one of these series is, as Gideon Hay right, going into this match, it could have been 3 0 to Australia. It could have been 3 0 to England going into this series. So there's lots of half chances that both sides can point to. I'm 
fascinated by day five, especially if we get more than a trivial amount of play, and especially if they are allowed to bowl their quick bowlers, how will Cameron Green approach it? My feeling is that he's going to go out there and look to just defend. And I can understand why that would be the case. It would be a very difficult thing to start playing shots. And if you got out playing a shot, you would get castigated. I'm just not sure if um, if that's the right thing to do, though. I could see him, you know, nobly defending for a while, then getting one that's too good, and suddenly um, England are starting to get into the tail. So uh, I'm, I'm really interested to see how, how Cameron Green goes. You know, I, I think the other thing that, that day four did for Australia is it restored a modicum of respect uh, from, from the English, that there was all this talk of, oh, you know, it's just a question of another hour or two and we'll blow you away. Well... They got their two hours and Australia held staunch and solid. So as an Australian fan, the ideal outcome tomorrow would be if they did get three hours of play and if Australia could withstand it and, and you know, best case scenario, maybe be seven or eight down with a lead of 70 or 80 when, when players eventually called off. And then Australia would be able to say, well, yeah, you probably would have won, but it was no longer the thrashing that it was shaping as. Yeah, agree. I, I like Cameron's green chances because I think he is the sort of, play that does like to take a little while to get into his innings like naturally like I don't think it's playing an unnatural game for him like he's he generally in his test career is built into his innings and you know if he can just hang around for a couple of hours that's all we need you know if he can just knock around 20 or 30 and stick with Mitch Marsh you know that could be enough so yeah I've got a lot of confidence then we've got Carey, Cummins, Stark um, Josh Hazelwood. So a bit of batting to come. I, I guess the worry is we saw that ball to Joe Root skid along the ground on the evening of day two, I think it was. So, you know, if that happens, if that starts happening on day five, no matter how good you're seeing them, you're going to struggle to keep them out. Yeah. And also the fact that the ball was swinging when the quicks were using it, the, the replacement ball, it will be fascinating if they do go out and they can bowl the quicks. If they, I presume they'll turn to Jimmy Anderson and it may well be his last spell as an, as an England cricketer because, again, in this test match, he has, um, he's been on the disappointing side of things. If he comes out on that final day under leaden skies with a ball that is swinging, then if he can't do anything then, um, that could be the end of him at, uh, at, at test level. If I was Stokes, I actually probably wouldn't start with him. I, I don't think I'd trust him anymore. I'd, I'd, probably go, I'd probably go elsewhere. But I think they will. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, as much as from an Australian point of view, it would be nice to just watch the rain all night. It would be very entertaining if they do get on for a couple of hours tomorrow. Mm, Wokes, I think, was off the field for a little while on day mm. four. So hopefully he's not hampered by an injury. Uh, speaking of, um, you know, your thoughts around seeing a bit of play tonight, we got a message from a listener, Neil Keane. And he, he was speaking about the fact that, you know, England fans will be hoping for sun and Aussie fans will be praying for rain. And this is what he writes. I hate this. Surely for a true fan and player playing in the spirit of the game wants to see cricket played and a result, not for it to peter out into a draw and for a deserving side to miss out on a win, exclamation question mark. I never understand why this is totally acceptable behaviour in that spirit of cricket context. Thoughts around that? I actually think that I, I, I kind of feel the same as him, but I actually think that we are on the wrong side of it. I think it is in the spirit of cricket uh, to want it to be a draw for an Australian fan because it shows how much it means to you. That um, I actually feel a little bit guilty about the fact that 
part of me would be quite happy if it went to the Oval at two all because I want it to be on the back pages. I want the um, the Ashes to do really, really well. I want Test cricket to do really well. Yet that's kind of having your cake and eating it too. Like you know, if you if you really support Australia, then of course you should be hoping for it to to be rained off and and to be a draw. There's nothing. I don't think there's anything um, wrong with that. Um, you, you can't influence the weather as much as I've tried to over these last few days. Yeah, that's the way I feel about it. That because the weather's such a lottery that, and that has always been part of cricket. You know, it's 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 you know weather's played a part in many many um, series. So yeah, I, I don't think it's at all to do with the spirit of cricket. I think it's it's a weird it's a weird um, question. Um, I, I like I would you know I guess. You know, and it's a bit like what I was saying before. You know, Australia won those first two test matches and played very well. So if this match is rained off, you know, the fact that we'll retain the Ashes is on the back of those wins, not on on the rain. So th- that's sort of the way I see it. Yeah, I mean, you, you can look at it both ways. I think it, both are equally true that Australia did win those first two games in clutch performances and England um, would feel that they, got, that they let them get away with them. Um, and then in this game, Australia has been you know, so far, totally outplayed. And if there had been no weather around, would most likely have gone um, on and had a loss. But, you know, um, we could get to the end of the fourth test match and legitimately go back and say, uh, if there had been no weather around, Australia could be leading 3-1. England could be leading 3-1. It could be um, anything in between. So very fine margins. And that's why part of me wishes that it could go to a decider in the Oval and and become a series for the ages. Yeah, and, and a bit a bit like you that as much as I want Australia to retain the Ashes, my default position is I love watching cricket. So last night, although I enjoyed uh, binging Jack Ryan season three and watching half of a pretty average movie, Bullet Train, I would much rather have the cricket to start at 8 p.m. And I'm sure tonight a little part of me would much rather see Australia scrapping to try and save the match than the covers on all day. I'll take either. I'll take, I'll take either. I'm, I'm not greedy. Um, well, I think I that's wish, it. Yeah, I just wish, on. One last thing on that, and I know you can't do this because the modern world won't allow it, but when they had hours of, of no play, rather than going to whatever movie they went to or whatever they showed on Channel 9, it is a perfect opportunity to show some of the great highlights of Test Cricket. You know, show Edgebest mm. in 2005. Um, show Headingly 1981. Show something that's just, you know. Good time to play cricket podcasts. They could just air cricket unfiltered episodes. So. Absolutely. Um but I just think that um, when they, you know, that th- they showed initially um, the final session of day three when the start of day four was being washed out, and that's fair enough. But it's kind of it ha- it happened last night. Um, everyone knows kind of what happened. I- I'd rather, much rather, go back into the history, find something absolutely amazing, and I, I think cricket fans and and casual fans would actually enjoy it and a bit of a nostalgia of like, oh wow, wow things look different in nineteen eighty one, but. There were still things that were, were pretty much the same. And you know, if you pick something with both and we'll pick something with Warren in it, I don't think you're going to have any problems from a ratings point of view. I agree. Speaking of that, just before we started recording, I watched on uh, KO, there's a little mini package of Steve War's last ball century at the SCG. Always good to watch that. Such a great moment. Never forget being at the ground when that happened. Um, all right. Well, I guess we better wrap oh, so it up, Paul. I actually got two tickets for that day. So I, I had two tickets to the ground that day, I'm very proud to say. Excellent. Did you sit on both seats? or Yes, did you have- I, I alternated because I had two sets of friends. And, it, yeah, it looked like I wasn't going to get any, and then I kind of put my name down in any way I could possibly get, and suddenly I had two. So, yeah, I took, I took advantage of them. So the, the crowd was one lower than it should have been that day. 
All right. Well, listeners, thanks very much for tuning into Quick and Unfiltered. If you can do us a favor, rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app. That's Spotify. Hit that little five-star button. If it's Apple Podcasts, leave a review. And we'll be back tomorrow. Paul, catch up then. Can't wait. This is a Piccolo Podcast production. Sports Social Podcast Network.